Hello! Thank you guys so much for coming to this podcast. It's going to be a little bit different than what I normally do. The Cardano Aura is Cardano's use and utility podcast. We take the people that are bringing value to the Cardano blockchain um, and just show off what they're doing, how they're bringing value. And today we have Charles Hoskins. And so normally this podcast is, is technical, right? But this is going to be a bit different. There's so many new people coming into the Cardano community. A lot of them don't even know um, the basics. Like, what is Gogan? What is Voltaire? What value are we... What, What's all coming together this year? Um, and that's, what's gonna, that's what this podcast is going to be about, right? So how are you doing today, Charles? I appreciate you coming on. Well, Pate, great to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it was, uh, it was fun getting those stakes down in uh, Florida. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, it was no problem, man. It was, it was really cool to be able to meet you in person. And it's, uh, it's also awesome to catch up with you so soon, you know, long time no see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time I think was Miami in 2019. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But let's just jump yeah. into it. You know, oh, I wanted to ask you real quick, um, time constraint. I got a little timer uh, set up. We should be good for at least an hour. I have another meeting at four, so we got 55 minutes. Beautiful, beautiful. I just didn't, because last time I didn't ask you first, you know. But so let's, ah. let's, uh, let's ask, or let's start off with the first question. What is Gogan, right? And what value uh, is and utility does that bring to the blockchain for somebody who is new that just heard about Cardano, maybe just picked up their first ADA token? Yeah, so the easiest way of explaining Gogan is to kind of argue by analogy because uh, that gives people some frame of reference. And, and so most people understand what a web browser is, like Chrome or Edge or Mozilla Firefox. And a long time ago, web browsers did not have programmability. So the only thing you see were static pages. Yeah, so you, you would go somewhere and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is Bob's cat page. And you have all these lovely pictures of cats, but you could really click the page. You, you know, you just what you see is what you get. It's like a wax museum, basically. And then along came JavaScript, and suddenly you had programmability. And then lo and behold, Bob's cat page, you could actually pet the cats. You could touch the cats. You could click the pictures. You could do interesting things. And then entrepreneurs said, wow, this is really incredible. If I have programmability, I can go build Amazon. I can go build Facebook. I can go build YouTube and so forth. And that's where the web came from. So the analogy on the cryptocurrency side is that when Bitcoin came around, it was just like those static web pages. It was just, uh, you can only do one thing. You can send Bitcoins around. And uh, Cardano has existed in kind of that state for a while. You know, you can send ADA to people, you can stake, you have metadata. So we're a little better than Bitcoin, but we don't have full programmability yet, just like JavaScript to the web browser. And so uh, what Gogan is about is adding that in. And this is something really special because we've been working on it for over four years. It's not that hard to do smart contracts. Uh, where, where it gets really hard is when you want to do them right. So you want to do them with formal verification. You want to be able to do them with predictable resource costs. You want to do them at scale for millions to billions of people. You want to have a great development experience. You want to bring mainstream programming languages in like Java and C Sharp and JavaScript and so forth. All those things uh, require a kind of a fundamentally different paradigm, and they require you to do a lot of R&D and make sure that you do it just the right way. So back in 2016, we put together one of the best teams in the world for smart contract research. We brought in Phil Wadler and Memo Shakavardi and Gregory Roshu and all these other big names from big universities like uh, University of Edinburgh, University of Illinois. And we said, look, guys, we're not going to tell you how to design it. You go follow the science. So here's how Ethereum did it. Here's how smart contracts work in our industry. Here's the old Nick Zabo paper from the 1990s. Read all this stuff and then come back to me with a proposal of how you think it ought to be built. So they did. And they said, you're not going to like it. And I say, why? I say, yeah, well, we can build it better than anybody else, but it'll take four years. I said, okay, let's go do that. And uh, basically for the last four years, we've been writing papers, designing a completely new accounting model called extended DTXO. And we wrote two new programming languages, Plutus and Marlow. We wrote a whole new uh, piece of infrastructure called Yella, which is basically built on the foundations of LLVM, and it's meant for mainstream languages. And we figured out how to get Ethereum backward compatibility. So when Gogan hits, uh, you'll have Plutus and Marlow, and shortly thereafter, we'll have development networks that come in that allow you to compile Solidity code and run Ethereum bytecode. And then eventually we'll allow you to run JavaScript applications, all kinds of cool things on the Cardano network. So it's the biggest upgrade since Shelley, and it's the most meaningful upgrade because this, in a sense, is taking the network from just a financial system to a system for dApps and a system for smart contracts. And uh, just like when JavaScript came to the web browser, you saw the Googles and the Facebooks and the MySpaces and the YouTubes come and go. 
uh, exactly the same thing is going to happen here. It's going to allow us to be a major player in the DeFi space. It's going to allow us to do all the really cool, interesting things that Ethereum does. But also, because of the way we designed it, we think it's far more competitive, faster, and also ultimately more cost-performant for people's businesses. Awesome. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. So Shelly, you know, proof of stake and being able to send transactions, uh, the only data within those blocks were transactions, whereas now we're moving towards Gogan, and we have metadata starting off, and then next we're going to actually have the Merry Hard Fork, which is coming, um, is it March 1st or is it tomorrow? I know there's well, two different it, days. Yeah, so what happens is you have to initiate the upgrade event, and then you have to wait an epic. And so the initiation is February 24th. That's the end of the uh, epic. The oh, of the new okay. one. And awesome. then five days, uh, March 1st, the uh, Merry Hard Fork will trigger. And uh, if you're, I think with Daedalus 3.3, you should be okay. It's going to survive the hard fork. Uh, and uh, basically, you can start issuing tokens. Uh, mm -hmm. And the native asset standard is great. It's much better than ERC-20 because uh, basically with Ethereum, uh, Ether and ERC-20 are treated differently. So Ether is an asset. ERC-20 is a smart contract. And as a consequence, everything kind of competes for the same pool of resources. Whereas in Cardano, ADA and a native asset are treated the exact same way. So they're first-class citizens. So this is going to allow us to do all kinds of really cool things, including eventually allowing people to pay their transaction fees in the native asset, which you cannot do with Ethereum right now. When you issue an ERC-20 token, you pay your fees in Ether. And in so some cases, how would that, that, how would that work? Did, does, do we essentially just have to have a vote? on what we're going to charge for these other the, the, currencies? Or? Originally, we thought about that. We said, oh, we'll do some sort of a white labeling system. But actually, what we've come up with is something uh, we haven't finalized the name yet. Uh, but basically, the idea is that you have transaction pairing. So when you issue your native asset transaction, somebody else, probably a stake pool operator, will agree to cover the fee of that transaction plus a piggyback fee. And then uh, you ride on that rail. Now, uh, you'll pay that SPO or whoever is doing that uh, the transaction fee in the native asset. So this means that SPOs are basically like many exchanges in that respect, and they can kind of uh, decide which, uh, which native assets they want to support and then eventually build portfolios of them. So we have That's a, incredible. I, I didn't know that. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to spoil the presentation quite yet because Agalos is going to come on the Cardano 360 episode uh, February 25th at the end of the month, and he's actually going to discuss the protocol and do a little PowerPoint presentation and kind of talk about it. But we're, we're pretty excited about it. I think the tentative code name is Babel, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, this is really cool because it seems like it's a very easy thing to implement in the ledger rules, and we probably can get it in in the Alonzo timeframe or get it in in the following hard fork, which will likely come in the September timeframe for Genesis. So uh, it, it's something that will likely come this year, and it's an additional revenue stream for stake pool operators, and it allows them to kind of decide which coins they like, uh, and marketplaces can form. Uh, and then from the user experience, it's all automated. So you just basically get quoted a transaction fee in the native asset. You pay it, but then under the hood, there's actually uh, a double ADA fee coming in, one for the uh, native asset transaction and one for the piggyback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now you guys have me excited about that too. I appreciate yeah. it. So it's yep. coming in, so Gogan's coming in, in three phases, right? So we already had metadata, and that's what allows you to essentially put JSON files, and JSON files are just a data, and what that allows you to do is vote with, with Voltaire, but we're going to be going into Voltaire a little bit more. Following that is what we just talked about, the native assets. The next part, the next big one, is smart contracts, and that's really the programmability of the blockchain. Right. Right. And it made a lot of sense to break them into stages because they cumulatively build on each other. Yeah. The metadata gives you the ability to have metadata fields for native assets. And then the native assets give you the accounting model that you need for the uh, Plutus smart contracts. So it kind of de-risked it a little bit by rolling it out. It gave us a little bit more development time to break in and asset test the, the smart contracts. The other thing is that um, it's very complex, these, uh, these types of upgrades. And unfortunately, no one else in the industry has done this. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about extended UTXO. Uh, some of the Bitcoin core devs years ago talked about it. There were some papers like BitML. And then Ergo actually was first to market with a somewhat similar model, but they use a very different programming model. They use something called Sigma protocols. So you know, oftentimes we're the first mover. Like we were the first to market with the, uh, the peer-proof-of-stake, peer-reviewed protocols. We were first to market with the hard fork combinator. We're first to market with this particular network stack. So usually it means we have to put a lot more time, effort, money into testing and a systematic rollout because we don't want to get it wrong. And, you know, because there's so much value at stake. There's over $30 billion we have to protect.
You know, the other thing is that we've been working very closely with a lot of partners to try to figure out a good development experience, good development tooling, and also to help people get some time to facilitate a migration. So with Mary coming this week, uh, what this is going to do is allow a lot of ERC-20 projects to start migrating over to Cardano and populating that. And also Daedalus is upgrading in the next month into a multi-asset wallet. So you, know, you actually can see more than just data in that wallet, which is su super cool. And that's nice to get a burden for about one to two months, giving us time to then beta test and really get all the kinks out of Alonzo. And then we'll bring the smart contract experience and uh, hopefully we can bring something that's really exciting. And then uh, during the September timeframe, when we bring Genesis, we should be able to bring the application framework and hopefully a lot more GUI elements and design elements and probably a beta of the app store. So there's a lot of stuff coming and it seems like it's a long way away, but literally every month, you know, something is hitting and you poor SPOs uh, have a lot to keep up, keep up with. In fact, this is the first hard fork we've done where people told us to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Usually everybody's like, come out of the market, come to the market. And the exchanges were like, hang on a second. Uh, we're not quite ready for this. We're like, no, no, we got to do it. The community wants to do it. And they're like, okay. And so we had to spend some long weekends with them. And that's really exciting. You know, usually people are telling us to speed up, not slow down. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to realize how exciting that is for me because, and you're right, you know, six months ago, you talked that all these teams were working in parallel and things seemed slow then, but that you guys really build up this momentum now where me as a right. content creator, you know, it was like few and far between when I had content to make or videos to make, but now there's just so much that I like, I have to limit my uploading for YouTube's algorithm, you know, to keep up with you guys. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it'll just keep getting faster and faster and the foundation's starting to step up. They're really helping with the, the metadata server and, I don't know how Sebastian does it, but Uroi keeps going. And then at the same yeah. time, we got Voltaire. You know, we have all the voting stuff mm -hmm. that's coming. You know, Fund 3 is, is in the weeds and then Fund 4. Uh, so it's just astounding to see the amount of work that's being done on a daily basis that is distinctly different. It's one thing when you're doing like five things, they're all kind of interconnected. It's another thing when you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do write a programming language and do a smart contract stack. Oh, yeah, we're also doing this whole staking thing and doing distributed systems development. Oh, yeah, we're also doing democracy. Yeah. We're out this whole governance system. Oh, yeah, we're also writing our own cryptography. You know, yeah, we're doing that. Oh, yeah, we submitted tons of papers to crypto and CCS and all these other things. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I've been trying to oh. explain somebody from step one, uh, Cardano and all the things we're doing. And it, that's exactly like, oh, this is proof of stake. And then, oh yeah, we're also doing this democracy thing. And we have a DAO and there's Fund 3 coming. Uh, the Fund 3 voter registrations right now. And then we're all going to vote. Fund 4s happen at the same time. You know, oh, you guys can propose ideas starting next week for Fund 4. You know, there's so much going on. It's insane. So yeah. um, what is your favorite? So last time we talked, you mentioned that a lot of your time is actually spent meeting with people that... Um, like people that are going to be using the ERC-20 converter, what is your favorite project that's actually going to be coming to Cardano? I, I might know the answer to it. I know mine, but I'm curious. Well, well, you know, it's that's not fair because I, I'm playing favorites in, but that said, I, I really do enjoy the collaboration we have with Ben Gortzel and SingularityNet. I, I mean, there's probably a hundred plus projects that have come to us and we've had discussions with, and you know, the vast majority of them, it just doesn't make sense for them to migrate either because their project's too early or, there are certain things in the Ethereum ecosystem they really need and love, and we're not quite there yet. You know, we will be a little later. So that's that's good though, because nothing materially is going to change in the Ethereum land. It's just going to get worse over the next few months. And so yeah. the demand for migration is definitely there. But I say Singularity is special because there we get to do more than just migrate a token. It's also a deep research collaboration. We talk about writing programming languages with Ben and. Ben likes to work on a lot of the projects we like to work on, and mm -hmm. their team is incredibly smart. There's a lot of really smart people there. Uh, so that's, that's certainly one of the favorite, but there are dozens of others that are interesting. And actually, what gets me most excited is Catalyst, uh, because you know, Fund 4 and 5 and 6 are going to be heavily biased towards dApps. And one of the things we're doing with a lot of people that want to come and migrate is we say, hey, it makes a lot more sense for you guys to go and uh, try to get a vote through the Catalyst process. So submit a ballot and see if the Cardano community wants you to migrate over. So what's cool is the community is going to have a say for a lot of these projects, uh, whether they want them on Cardano or not, and they get to have a discussion about priorities and strategy. So there's that. You know, We're also looking at building a comparable portfolio. Like We're right now formalizing a lot of DeFi fundamentals. So we're looking at SushiSwap and Uniswap and you know, all these types of things with runtime verification, and they have a program called Alpha Frontier. And we're going to announce uh, the particular details of that and what's in that portfolio, probably in March. Tom Lindman is going to do that. He's a, just a great guy. And basically, long and short, is we're creating specs 
So the problem with a lot of DeFi is that the spec is the code. So they just went and hacked for a while. They wrote some stuff and they said, oh, here we go. It works until it doesn't. Then it blows up. <laughs> you know, and probably what's going to happen with DeFi is that it just, it, DeFi feels a lot like uh, crypto of 2017, where there was a big collapse after a big hype cycle. Crypto infrastructure like Polkadot and Cardano and Ethereum and Bitcoin, they feel a little bit stronger, more permanent. So I think what's going to happen is we'll see a market correction in the DeFi space and we'll see the infrastructure coins probably have a slight reduction, but hold their relative market caps, which is great because that's an opportunity for our next generation of DeFi to come. A yeah. new wave of written DeFi in, to Written come. in Plutus. Exactly. Uh, and so what we want to do is front run that by basically figuring out which one of these protocols are actually viable and what you know broken windows we have to kind of fix along the way. So we're formally specifying a lot of DeFi protocols with the anticipation of writing Plutus variants of them and bringing them into Cardano. The other thing we're going to introduce is this idea of a certified DAP. So basically how that works is that uh, you start from the spec, you write the code, and then you prove that the code corresponds to the specification. Now, the advantage of this is that the odds of the bug in the code are incredibly low at that point. Math-based software is very resilient. Uh, so for protocols, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And what we want to do with the App Store when we eventually get that out is visually display certified software differently from uncertified software. So maybe the uncertified stuff is red and the certified stuff is green, but then that gives an indication to the consumer that they can verify themselves on their front end uh, that uh, basically that software has gone through some form of rigorous testing and, that, and it corresponds to a rigorous specification. So we'll do the first wave and then inevitably what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to come and say, hey, specify us too, and then we can kind of figure out what that means. And then eventually that could become a service for certain firms in the space like Runtime Verification and CertK and others to come in and certify applications as part of the QA process above the audit, security audit. You know, it's actual semantics audit of correctness. Uh, so that's one of the big projects that we're doing. And what's fun about that is that your test is literally some of these protocols. So I, I can imagine that we'd probably see a lot of DeFi deployed on Cardano at launch just because we wrote it just to test it, certify it, and get it going. Yeah. Um, you know, we're also doing some <clears throat> deep research projects. Like we're looking a lot into how do we build a very generic way of looking at oracles? And it'd be really fun to do something with Wolfram. Right now, we have a data sharing agreement where we're kind of getting Wolfram's infrastructure to support Cardano so that it can query our chain and do analytics on our chain. That's the very first step in using it as part of an Oracle pipeline. But then it'd be nice to kind of work our way through to, uh, to actually turn it into some sort of chain link competitor. I'd love to do that. So that's a commercial conversation that we're kind of working our way through with Wolfram Research. And then, you know, we got some stablecoin plays. Like we already deployed one on Ergo, AGUSD, with Emergo. And that was a lot of fun to kind of play around with. But we think we could do something comparable on Cardano. So it's actually at this point less a technological, more regulatory question of what's the best way of accommodating that. And then a lot of like app porting. So, for example, wrapped tokens like wrapped BTC or wrapped other assets, it, it's uh, going to be something that you see trickle its way in. So there's a lot of diversity, a lot of interest, and it's a situation where demand outpaces supply. And we're really not going to have a big problem bringing people in. What's more meaningful to me is user experience. My problem with the dApp space is it's fragmented and the user experience is pretty primitive for the most part. Yeah. And usually you have to replicate the whole world for each application. So it's super important that before we close out the world of the year, we have a really good user experience for everything on the DIC part of Acidic. The app deployment, the consumer interactions with applications and the curation of applications. And uh, we're having a lot of deep conversations right now of the best way to do that. And it's really unfortunate, for example, that Ethereum canceled the NIST project because that was their DAP browser. And there was a lot of goodness and a lot of good ideas there. And it was a little ahead of its time and they just didn't want to give it the resources it needed. And yeah. My hope is to resurrect something comparable. And actually we built Daedalus on Electron for that very reason because that's actually a fork of Node and Chrome. So there's a, there's a, a lot of stuff you can do with node modules and web extensions and these things that fit very naturally into that model and they're sandboxed in a way that i think is quite safe so deep conversations a lot of formal specking a lot of beta testing we're going to announce the plutus pioneers program here in a little bit so kind of like the stake pool friends pioneers and family program. yeah exactly that's where we i got my start man is yeah it's great. 
and and we'll tell these guys go beat the hell out of it. It looks like we're making some progress on the stack exchange, which is really cool. And I'm also in negotiations to have an author start working on mastering Cardano, which is our version of mastering Bitcoin. You know, Andreas Nathanopoulos' book. And we think we've found a great author for that. And he's got to give me an answer here in about a week. And uh, we'll definitely make sure we have proper programming tutorials and other things. And also we're talking to a lot of companies that do dev services like pull request review as a service and quality assurance as a service and so forth and seeing if we can get Plutus to fit into that as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of absorb all the Ethereum tools. Uh, We'll have some new stuff we can bring with Plutus and Marlowe. And then it's just a matter of making sure that the old stuff works. The, uh, I once saw Aerosmith and, Tyler was like, you, you want some of the new shit or you want some of the old shit? And it's the same thing here. It's like, when well, we get Java and C Sharp and JavaScript, that's the old shit. Plutus yeah. is the new and shit. Solidity but it's too. all good. It's all Aerosmith, right? It's all, it's all Rockstar. Yeah, for sure. So what, um, to finish off on Gogan, what smart contracts or I guess you could say dApps uh, are you guys working on? And do you think you'll have any out this year? Or is that kind of a long-term thing as you, like you mentioned, um, kind of have some more research on the standard uh, that you need to set prior to that? Well, you know, I, I really do want to make sure that we seed a pedagogical set of applications. So what we do best is we show people how to do things. And then some of those things might actually turn out to be commercially viable and really exciting, and I hope so. But what I really want to do is make sure that anybody who wants to build something, they have an obvious place to go. Like if you want to learn a new programming language, you usually go to Rosetta Code or something like that. You say, okay, start with the language you understand. Maybe it's Java. And then you go to the language you want to learn. Maybe it's Elixir. And you look at the Java implementation, you compare it to the Elixir implementation, it kind of gives you a, a reference point of like, okay, how do I think in this language? How do I solve problems that I kind of already know how to solve, but in this place? So that's one thing that we have to do is kind of build the Rosetta code for Plutus and for the development paradigm of Cardano. Um, so that's one dimension of it. You know, The other dimension is that it would be nice to have a strong DeFi suite and a strong suite of, uh, of dApps in general, on Cardano uh, in the second half of this year. It's not hard for us to contract a few companies to go and just put their nose down and spend two to three months building some interesting stuff and deploying that, especially given that a lot of the complexity can be pushed off-chain, and that off-chain interaction can be written in mainstream programming language. So the Plutus part is quite small for a lot of the things that people are going to be doing. But then you have to think about the ecosystem. Like We're we're negotiating with infrastructure providers that are kind of like Infura, uh, to make sure that they support, we're negotiating with Prime Trust and Fireblocks, and you know all these other people that are already in the Ethereum ecosystem, so that you get a closer turnkey DApp deployment. Because it's super important that when you're a DApp developer, you understand what goes on chain, you understand what goes off chain, and then for off chain, it's very easy to host. And there's a litany of services there that make it simple. Like the like I remember years ago when I was doing JavaScript development. Um, Meteor had a great thing called Meteor Galaxy, and it was so fun to deploy a Meteor application because you just you write some code and it's super turnkey and you pay a single subscription and boom, it just works and it scales with your user. And I love that so much. So that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to get with the partners. And the good news is they're talking to us and like Bison Trails and others. And Anthony DiOrio has a really cool thing he's doing with Jax and we're talking with his guys. And uh, so we're, we're excited about um, that prospect. But what gets me most excited is what community builds. And so what we really need to do is get these Plutus pioneers out and we need to get catalysts the next level especially a voting center in Daedalus itself yeah. we already got the registration there and then what that's going to happen is you're going to see hundreds if not thousands of DAP proposals just flooding into Catalyst every six to eight weeks and dozens or hundreds will get funded depending upon the scale and then that all of a sudden you'll just wake up and you'll have this huge team of developers mm-hmm. it happens really quickly pay you know I remember when ETH Denver uh, just got started they emailed me back in 2014 it was like three guys the last time I went to a hackathon pre-COVID, there was like 2,000, 3,000 people there just running around in this community event. And the same for the Berlin event and so forth. So you can get a big cadre of projects and developers and other such things. And, you know, we have all the things. We have the market cap. We have the unique customer base. We have a lot of excitement. We do a lot of really cool new things. Yeah, and the I see where you're coming platform. from about how fast it's going to happen because, I mean, we saw yeah. the same thing with the stake pool operators during the, um, after the ITN, you know, it didn't seem like there were very many of us, but then all of a sudden there were a bunch of us as soon as Shelly happened and as it went on and as the price has gone up, it's the same thing. There's more users, there's more people coming in and it happened in the past two months, you know, especially yeah. with the user side, just because of the market cap increasing, you know, so I, I believe you there. I could see how that can happen so fast. So real quick question. Um, we're at 
of the eight in the network staked right now last time I checked, which is which is incredible. But with smart contracts coming and with Gogan coming, um, what is the functionality of these smart contracts? Like who determines, can people, can the smart contracts stake to a pool? Uh, can people somehow provide liquidity to a smart contract and stay stake somewhere else? Because you have like, for example, the Liquid Project, I'm sure you've heard of them. I think you guys might be working with them, um, helping them. They, they're saying that you can actually stake your ADA and provide liquidity at the same time. And I have not found a good answer on the actual functionality of these smart contracts because is this going to decrease the decentralization and the total stake in the network a little bit from these smart contracts? Yeah, that's a very good question. And the answer is it depends. It just depends on exactly how the smart contract's written. And there are still some lingering questions about how much interactivity we want to have with Plutus calls. So uh, if you look at Bitcoin script uh, or stuff like that, it's Turing incomplete. Uh, I guess Bitcoin's Turing complete, but it's ba it might as well be Turing incomplete because it's damn, damn near useless the way that they do the fourth trips. Um, and so there's not a lot of flexibility or programmability or transitive interactivity there. And then if you look at Ethereum, there's a tremendous amount of transitive interactivity there. You know, smart contracts can call each other all the time. And the problem with that model is you have to have global state. So everybody has to know each other's business and the whole network kind of goes from one set to another set. And so it's very difficult to shard that. It's one of the reasons Vitalik is going through so much hell with F2. It's like the shard of state space is extremely hard. With extended UTXO with Plutus, the way we've implemented it, kind of lives in the middle. So you're not quite as expressive as Ethereum and Solidity, but you're significantly more expressive than uh, Bitcoin. So then you think about, okay, well, like transaction automation, for example. Well, usually what would happen is you'll, your off-chain infrastructure will act as the heartbeat and ping the smart contract and have it do that again and again and again. You could potentially create a heartbeat on Ethereum. It's a little harder to do that completely on-chain in Cardano. But by slightly restricting that, you gain tons more security properties. You gain tons more determinism in your costing. So your specific question was, okay, I have liquid or you know something like that, and can that smart contract stake to uh, a pool, but then also act as collateral or these types of things? I suspect there's probably a way to do that. Just like there's a way to implement Lightning on Bitcoin, it's just not going to be completely straightforward. And actually, it may require slight modifications of uh, some of the programming model. So that's the point of... Alonzo and having a few more HFC events is that as we build out the application framework, a lot of developers are going to come and say, perhaps can you make Plutus a little bit more expressive because we need these three types of capabilities with it. And so we have two answers for that. One answer is use Yella or the EVM, in which case, okay, now you've you solved that. Or the other answer is, okay, yes, if there's an overwhelming demand and we think that uh, the security model isn't too problematic for it. So it's, it's, it's like a work of progress in that respect. So that's why it's very important to me that I see a lot of DeFi applications on Cardano in the first year, because I really want to verify that all the things you can do with MakerDAO yeah. and Uniswap and uh, Chainlink and these other things are going to work well on Cardano. And that'll cover like 90% to 95% of the Ethereum mm -hmm. uh, use cases. And then we get all the benefits. We get the shardability, predictable resource costs, uh, the ability to do formal verification, significantly lower transaction fees, the ability to go easily off-chain through Hydra, native asset support, you know, that type of stuff that you just don't get in Ethereum. And you're not going to get with F2. And then the question is, do you miss the other 5%? Well, if you do, you can still do it, but you do it through the Ethereum sidechain or you do it through the yellow sidechain, in which case. Because that was the whole idea of Cardano SL and CL, settlement layer and computation layer, is that you can't be everything to everybody. So use sidechains to accommodate the collection of either legacy concerns or compatibility concerns or expressiveness concerns, even though that additional expressiveness can introduce attack vectors. Like, for example, the sidechain that runs the EVM, all the flaws of the Ethereum virtual machine will work Still there. there. Yeah. yeah, we can't solve that problem. You know, it's like if you want to have backward compatibility, you have backward compatibility. It's like your crazy uncle. You know, if you invite him to the wedding, he's going to get drunk and like hit the bride. <laughs> you know, so you, you know that going into that experience, you know, your, your uncle buck situations, your uncle buck situation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I think 
it probably we could arrange something where there's a proxy, especially if we modify some ledger rules. Like one of the things that I'm looking at right now is modifying the ledger rules to include three keychains instead of two keychains. So a value key and a staking key and a voting key instead of just a value key and a staking key because voting is such a big part of that. Yeah. The other thing we're I almost assumed is, that would that was going to come with yeah. the voting keys. You know, I was surprised it, it didn't. Well, you have to kind of work your way to it because we can modify the ledger rules for an HFC event pretty easily, and mm. uh, it, it doesn't require a huge change of things. And then when you look at um, the delegation levels, uh, one of the things we're exploring is multi-delegation levels. So instead of just going, I delegate to a pool, you can delegate to another key set, someone else's stake keys, and then they can manage on your behalf. So manage when you talk about delegation? Yeah, manage your delegation. So that makes a lot of sense for cold wallets because what you do is you have your cold wallet delegate to your Daedalus or to your Roy, and then your Roy can vote or stake on your behalf, but you never actually have to link the two wallets together. You just initiate a transaction, and the transaction's uh, uh, universal, so you can you can do all kinds of things with that. But yeah. then if the, and it makes the sense wallet... for delegation, like um, I forget what you call them, delegation portfolios. Like for example, if there yeah. were a Spockra one, so essentially they delegate their keys to other staking keys and those determine kind of the stake to the different pools. Is that how you guys yeah. are going to go about that? Yeah. Well, well, portfolios are, you're still managing it yourself. Uh, when you delegate to another set of keys, that's like a, like a registered investment advisor or something where you say, Hey, manage my money on my behalf. You'd be like, Hey, manage my staking or voting preferences on my behalf. Well, mm -hmm. once you have that capability, those keys can be a smart contract. Yeah. Yeah, see, so so I think multi-level uh, delegation is in extending the ledger rules a little bit uh, is uh, is probably the way to go there. We've had some conversations uh, about some attack vectors that could happen, though, because the minute that you start extending delegation from one hop to n hops, you can have these cycles that can cause all kinds of theoretical problems or you lose some elegance in the design of the system and some determinism in the design of the system. So you have to be a little careful about it. So we're, we're just making sure we don't break anything with that. But that's an example of an extension that I could imagine happening as early as uh, September after Alonzo comes out. We see the first wave of Spark contracts and we're in tight conversations with those developers. And if they come, it's just too hard to do this, you know, because remember a lot of these cases, you still can do this off chain. So that's what Ethereum does is they're like, oh, yeah, everything's on chain, world computer. The minute they actually build an Ethereum application, they start pulling more and more and more into Infura and more and more into the off-chain infrastructure, yeah. either for cost or because Ethereum actually doesn't do the things that you want it to do within the performance and latency window that you need it done. So similarly, we can imagine that that balance of off-chain to on-chain is going to reflect a lot of the capabilities of the system. And it's just going to take some time to sort that out. There's really no other way to do it. You just have to deploy it understand how to evolve it, let people build for six months to a year, and then you can modify things based upon usage patterns and so forth. Yeah, which is exactly yeah. what we did with Shelly, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we did the ITN, we waited six months, and then we did the Pioneer test nets, and then we had Shelly out within yeah, two months. Yeah, and then people start asking and, about multi-delegation and other things yeah. to build upon Shelly, you know, so... Uh, and, and that's coming And that's coming in Q2, by the way, hybrid awesome. wallets and uh, delegation portfolios. Awesome. That's much. That's earlier than I thought. I'm excited about that. I wanted but, uh, in Q1. I was I was pissed about it because I have to delegate the uh, the IHK ADA. It's a very <laughs> cumbersome process right now. Yeah. But when the CEO has to do something, people yell at you. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. how long does that take you? Have to delegate a hundred different, and that's what we know well, about. So just a hundred for the three millions, you know. So so the, it's a pro, it's a day process. It's yeah. I gotta we set some time aside. We do it, you know. But, it, you know, it, so my, I feel your pain. I'm like Bill Clinton in that. I was like, I feel your pain. <laughs> so I, I, I feel your pain. And, and so we'll, we'll get it done. But the only reason we didn't do it in Q1 was that uh, we had to make a decision of, uh, do we want to be absolutely certain for multi-asset? We could have bumped multi-asset to Q2 and done delegation portfolios and mm -hmm. hybrid wallets. Uh, so I said, you know, let, let's get multi-asset out because I really would like to burn in that a little longer for Alonzo. Yeah, and, easy uh, choice and, there. And I remember you saying that in December too, you know, it, yeah. we can either do this or we can, you know, we got to work on Gogan. So I could talk to you about Gogan all day. So let's get into the next topic. Uh, what is Voltaire and what value and utility does that bring to the Cardano blockchain? You know, for people that um, are, are really just finding out about Cardano and seeing our passion. Yeah, I often get asked, what's the primary difference between Cardano and the other third-generation cryptocurrencies like the Algorands or the EOSs or, or purport to be third-generation like EOSs or Polkadot or F2? 
And really only two cryptocurrencies have taken governance so seriously that they make it a first-class citizen, Cardano and Tezos. Dash is, is doing it, but it's not as programmable and iteratable as, as it is in Tezos or in Cardano. Really for us, it's a government. It's a government on a blockchain. And so the point is that if you look out three years into the future, five years into the future, 10 years into the future, if we are successful, we will have millions to billions of users and we'll be in charge like Bitcoin of hundreds of billions of dollars of value. When you're that large and you have that many people, if you don't have a governance system, the only way the system operates is to freeze because you can't come to consensus about what to do for a controversial change. So let's say quantum computers come out. We're like, how do we protect ourselves from that? There'll be 12 different ideas and it'll take 10 years to get one of those 12 ideas in. Don't believe me? Look at Bitcoin with big blocks and SegWit and trying to get smart contracts and trying to improve things for the Lightning developers. It's like swimming through a lake full of razor blades. Any change, no matter small or big, is incredibly difficult for Bitcoin. And you got people like Nick Sabo running around saying, well, that's a feature, not a bug. I was like, well, yeah, if you only want to ever do one thing, yeah, okay, it, you're proving resilience. But if you're a global world financial operating system uh, that's doing uh, you know, transactions on a nation scale, then you're going to need to make hundreds of changes every year or upgrades or iterations or new sidechain support or perhaps there's some newfangled technology that massively improves your scalability for very low trade-off profile. You need a process to adopt this and bring this into the system. And you need people, once you bring it in, not to create Cardano Classic or Cardano Cash or these types of things. Second, who's the hell's going to pay for it? Yeah, I'm a pretty rich guy, but I, if we're ever going to decentralize, you can't go to the Bank of Hoskinson. You know, you need to... <laughs> You know, you need to have some way of paying for alternative visions and views and developers to come in and they work for Cardano. They get their salary working for the blockchain. So the point of Voltaire is to sort all that out, the who pays and who decides, and basically be a blockchain-based government. And the competitive advantage there is because we're so far ahead, and Ethereum is not even thinking about it because Vitalik is philosophically opposed to it, and Bitcoin is opposed to it. I think ultimately this is how we're going to win in the long term. They're like, okay, one thing to get network effect and get lots of developers, that'll get us to Ethereum. And that's a pretty good accomplishment. You know, that's, that's a career. But if you want to change the world and get people comfortable about how your system evolves, you need to have a government. And you can't have a centralized government or else you're not a real decentralized protocol. You might as well have Microsoft run the whole thing. So if you're truly committed to decentralization, you actually have to make decisions that way. The problem is that no one's ever figured that out. You decentralized government with no leaders, no CEO, no council, no committee, these types of things. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like systems theory. That's like next generation co-op. That's like Holons. That's like sociocracy. That's like there's that. Yeah. That's and there's, like and there's a lot of people watching this right now when they hear that. Because yeah. in 2017, when, when I heard that from you from the whiteboard video, that's what that's what got me. That was the thing. And I, I know a lot of people watching this are feeling that right now. They're getting excited. And right now you can participate in this. You can help us change the world. You can set the foundations that we're building upon with Project Catalyst right now. Click the link down below to go to cardano.ideascale.com. I also have a video earlier this week how to register to vote if you have over 3,000 ADA, and you can actually register to vote to vote on proposals that are actually going to build projects on top of the Cardano blockchain. So we need you guys to be a part of this, and we're actually trying to grow the user base for Project Catalyst. So please do that when, when you're done watching this, of course. Yeah, and what's so cool is that Every person who holds ADA can participate. Like just the other day, we saw a crazy tweet from Gene Simmons, uh, the you know basis for Kiss, uh, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in the Cardano ecosystem now." And that was avarice. He's motivated by money, but you know, a lot of people enter Cardano who are motivated by money. And you know, it's a personal mission of mine to see if we can somehow convince Gene to look deeper into Cardano other than just an ROI and realize that he actually has a vote and can run a stake pool. And I'd love to see the kiss pool, mm. you know, and I would love to see, I'd love to see him voting in catalyst. And the yeah. reality is that many people are, are going to have that kind of come Jesus moment and conversion, you know, Justin Roiland, for example, uh, the voice for Rick and Morty, uh, you know, on the Rick and Morty show, he co-creator of the show with uh, uh, Dan. Uh, he, he just tweeted the other day, the, you know, Cardano one Oh five. Yeah, I got uh, a Rick so, and Morty shirt after I saw that. <laughs> I know, right? And so, but you think, well, that's crazy that they hold it. But the minute that they hold it, now they are members of the government. Mm -hmm. And they have equal say as you and me in that they can go and participate just like you and me and actually vote. And some of them will in the closet or yeah, actually and, out And the soon public. they're going to be arguing about the K parameter with each other. 
Exactly, especially if they become a stake pool operator. So, uh, so that's a really cool thing is that you could not only build a decentralized government, but every person who holds starts participating. They have a financial interest for it. And eventually thousands participate, then eventually tens of thousands participate, then eventually hundreds of thousands participate. And if we get the systems theory right and we get the, the, the political science right, they can participate at scale. So despite the fact that you have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, you can converge to decisions. And the more you have participate, the less corruption you have, the more transparency you have, the more checks and balances you have, the more oversight you have, and the more domain expertise you have. And then eventually expert classes can form, and then delegative democracy forms, where people say, well, I don't know if I want to participate, but I'm going to delegate my vote to Bob or Alice. So a lot of people come and they say, well, I don't know what I can do. You know, I'm a retired professor, or I was a nuclear physicist, or I was a CEO of a company, or whatever. And I'm not really that technical or, you know, I don't really want to run a stake pool and I don't have a lot of money. And I say, well, why don't you go and be a domain expert? Because you have all this lifetime experience and skills that you have, have people delegate their vote to you. And now all of a sudden you represent like 5% of the network or something like that. You're like a yeah. congressman for Cardano, even though, uh, you know, you, there's no official office, but yet you can wield a lot of influence and power and derive a revenue stream by being an expert inside the system. So it's wildly crazy the social dynamic that uh, Voltaire has. And it's the biggest of all the experiments. You know, proof of stake seemed crazy. Now it's like, yeah, yeah, proof of stake, whatever. Yeah, And exactly. we got a lot of cool stuff there. And then the programming language, like smart contracts were like, wow, do we really think that this is a good idea? Now it's like, yeah, okay, we got a pretty good handle on that. But this government thing, man, it's out there. And God, we're having so much fun with it. And we have these beautiful governance meetings with all these old guard guys and gals who've like are hardened and bitter because they've been trying to do governance experience for 30 years or 40 years in the corporate world or like in the UN or for nation states. And then we go and talk to them. We're like, yeah, he manages a quarter billion dollars. And it's just like a bunch of people show up and vote and it, and it works. And, there's, and they're like, well, what? That's crazy. You can't do that. It's like, no, no, it works. Go, go take a look at it. And they see it and they say, wow, this is so incredible. And then, of course, they immediately send proposals and they're like, yeah, we, we'd like to become consultants and sell you some of the years of knowledge and experience that we've gained. We say, sure. So uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy. Voltaire is is moving at light speed. Door yeah. is an incredible product manager, and the community has really stepped up. Almost ten thousand people are participating, and it's still in a beta. It's actually probably an, a late alpha, I'd say. So the second half of this year is going to be so much fun. I think we'll probably have over a hundred thousand people participating on a regular basis. Dozens, if not hundreds, of experts and thousands of proposals on a yeah, regular basis. I, I really cannot wait to see what catalyst looks like in just six months and just six months from now it's yeah it's gonna be crazy you know yeah um but let's move on to basho it's the final thing in, in iog's project or in contract not project um and what value does that bring to the cardano blockchain yeah basho is really about interoperability and scalability uh, so uh you know it's kind of funny wi-fi seems to be the greatest accomplishment of interoperability in human history so you know there's nothing that Iran, Israel, North Korea, and South Korea, Russia, China, and America agree on universally, except for Wi-Fi. So, you know, there's, there's nothing in common uh, that all of those countries will agree to. But if you take your cell phone, you can connect to the hotel Wi-Fi in all those countries. So that's really incredible if you think about it, despite all those political differences and cultural differences and linguistic differences and rivalries and wars and these types of things, cold or hot. Uh, something works. Well, where is that in the cryptocurrency space? It's non-existent. It's, it, every, there's 8,000 cryptocurrencies. There's not a lot of standards for how to move value, information, people, and identity between these systems. So part of Basho is basically figuring out how do we have a Wi-Fi moment for the industry so that our systems can talk to each other and our systems can talk to legacy systems. The other side of it is, well, in the minute that's happening and as Cardano is growing, we're going to go from a lot of transactions to a metric crap ton of transactions we're to to like an obscene ludicrous amount of transactions so the system has to scale to meet that and have predictable costs or else you run into like what happened with ethereum or bitcoin and it's simply too expensive for normal people to use the system it grinds yeah. to a halt so what does that mean it means that you need to protocol for that so the protocol for interoperability we have two domains we're looking at, NEPA PALs for proof-of-work cryptocurrencies, and we're looking at a sidechain protocol for proof-of-stake cryptocurrencies, and we're going to use a combination of smart contracts and uh, SPO-style bridges to basically facilitate those sidechain transactions. And the first set of sidechains will be for the dev chains, Catalyst, then the Ethereum and Yellow chains for ADA, 
And then very shortly thereafter, we can start exploring things like wrapped Litecoin and wrapped Bitcoin and so forth that can come into the system. So there's a whole agenda for interoperability there. And as we get deeper into the year, we'll, you know, we'll roll out more of it. It's not super necessary right now, but it will be when smart contracts come. Yeah, I, can, I can't wait to be able to withdraw some Bitcoin from an exchange and pay a 0.17 ADA fee to then have that in my Daedalus wallet. Yeah, and then uh, that, that, that would just be so much fun. And you notice everything builds. You, you build the native multi-asset, and then you have a beautiful interface for native assets. Mm-hmm. Well, then you, that same interface can be reused for foreign assets like Bitcoin and wrapped Litecoin and, you know, these types of things. Um, then the other side, the scalability side, that's Hydra. And there's a series of papers we've been writing, and we're making great progress on all of them. And next month, we're actually starting the full team. We've had a lot of delays with that. Uh, but we finally got it out of dev hell, and, you know, we finally have some good resources for it. And my goal is to have a prototype sometime in the summertime, and then from that prototype to kind of de-risk the implementation throughout the year. And then if we're lucky, we can have Hydra running this year. If we're unlucky, Hydra will be running next year. But it's a real fun thing. It's going to be easy to scale up, and Hydra is going to have a, a lot of utility. Every stakeful operator can run a different channel. And, w- and actually other people can run channels, but we think the SPLs will be the natural Swiss Army knife for these types of utilities for the system. And given the size of the SPO set, we could potentially have over a thousand channels running concurrently. And that's over a million TPIs uh, with, uh, with these types of things. So it brings microtransactions in, it uh, brings super low cost batching. You know, you can do a lot of cool smart contracts. We're real excited about that. Um, but, you know, it's not necessary right now because we have a lot of throughput ceiling with Ouroboros. We can get up to 1,000 TPS on the base layer with improvements to the network stack and Ouroboros Omega. So I'm not really worried about Hydra shipping this year, uh, but it's, it's something that we're going to definitely ship next year if we can't get it this year. And what's nice about it is it doesn't require dramatic changes on chain. We can implement almost all of Hydra in Plutus, and then it can kind of run as federated infrastructure and that's a, just a beautiful, low-cost, high-throughput way of scaling Cardano to obscene levels for most things. Then the Cardano 2025 agenda for the next five years, as we put it together, will contain a lot of blue ocean stuff. You know, we're, we're basically saying, okay, let's go do some really hardcore sharding research and go post-Omega, Omega++. And then we can bring in some of the things that Ethereum is chasing, which will be nice to basically get us to a scale of billions of users. So what Hydra can do is comfortably get us to the millions, to tens of millions, and I, I think that's that's fine. What what uh, Cardano 2025 will do is get us to the billions, and there you have to have more advanced primitives like recursive snarks or something like that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great research with zk rollups that I think in about 24 months will become quite prominent. Uh, and you also have to talk about pruning, because you can't have a blockchain that's in the petabyte scale or exabyte scale you need to have the ability to retire things. So you have to make some of these things like tokens and smart contracts, economic agents that pay rent. And that's a controversial thing. And there's a lot of careful thought that has to be put into how to do that well. That's the point of waiting for Voltaire to mature. There's going to be alternative ways to scale. And when you're talking about philosophical changes, you need consent of the government. Mm -hmm. And then there we can present different cardinal improvement proposals. And then the community can decide which trade-off profile they want to live with. We could also chase some other technology like distributed storage, for example. There's some great stuff happening with IPFS and Filecoin recently launched. So it's nice to follow those projects, and hopefully we can pull that kind of infrastructure in to be an alternative database, as well as some data sharding that can occur with the, uh, with the blockchain. Incredible. Well, we're getting low on time, so I want to run through these questions pretty quick. Uh, the first one is, um, what's Cardano's marketing plan for 2021? You know, we were waiting for us to have all of these great things that we're talking about today. Um, and, and now they're, they're coming or they're, they're here. So what is you know, the marketing fu- plan? What's funny is that uh, people are when marketing, when marketing, it's like, guys, we're number five cryptocurrency. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't actually require like what was Ethereum's grand marketing plan? You know, part of it is just make sure you have a great, strong evangelistic community and you mm-hmm. grow through word of mouth and that you don't you don't lose people. So if you have low churn and high virality, you don't need to spend a single dollar on marketing. Organically, you grow and take over the whole world. Or if like, you have example, uh, 1,700 stake pool operators. Well, that's exactly right. That's, that's morality <laughs> through surrogacy. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, look how fast coronavirus spread. You know, if, you have, uh, if you have the right viral factors, you could become a pandemic pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, for good or for bad. Um, so that's one dimension of it. The other is, is clearly articulating the USPs and comparative analysis. That's product marketing, and that's campaign marketing. 
and I have a CMO now. His name is Adam Bates, and we do have a director of marketing. Her name is uh, Lisa Horowitz, and uh, we have been working on improving the product marketing. We have been working on improving campaign marketing, and the foundation has also been working on improving their marketing. And when you do campaigns, it's always against a stake uh, a uh, a stakeholder. So you know maybe one group of people are Fortune 500, maybe another group of people are people in Africa, in you know a particular demographic window, and so forth. So I'd like to launch a few campaigns. It's just we've had persistent delays there. However, it doesn't seem to have hurt adoption. By every metric, we've had explosive growth of wallets, yeah. social mentions. Um, I mean, Kim.com, for God's sakes, reached out to me the other day over a Twitter PM. He's like, hey, just let you know I'm watching. It's like we're, we're getting a lot of mentions. We're getting a lot mm -hmm. of uh, things. And yeah, with Gene like Simmons and Justin Rowland, I would have never expected that. And we mentioned yeah, exactly. earlier you're coming and, and on uh, uh, Lex Friedman. Exactly. And so that's all organic. Mm -hmm. And, and so uh, that's nice. But, you know, it's, we have to get some materials ready to go before we get that hockey stick growth, because we want to onboard people the right way, or else yeah. it'll become untenable to manage a community of that scope and scale and size. The other thing is, I'd like for Voltaire to be a little bit more evolved and stable before we get explosive community growth. You know, so, so it's, it's both a blessing and a curse. If you grow too quickly, like MySpace did, you actually poison the system. If you grow too slowly, you lose that network effect and you never take off the rocket pad. So you have to grow just at the right speed and you also have to have the right infrastructure to sustain that growth so that the people grow into a positive place. Like Lex asked me, hey, when do you want to come on the podcast? And I could have had him come up here, Colorado in March and had the conversation, but why would I want to go on a podcast at that scale before the IOG rebrand is done and Gogan has launched and some of these Africa deals get sealed? Because in June, I can have such a deeper conversation with him and say, instead of, we will do this, say, we've done this, and actually show these things out, maybe write a smart contract with him or something like that. You know, So that's the kind of stuff I can do in June that I can't quite do in March. Yeah, so, I, I agree know, with you completely. It, and I, I often yeah. answer that question on AMAs. That's why I brought it up today, and I, I, yeah. I say the same thing. And a lot of times when you hear that, it's like, hey, I want the price to go up. It's like, uh, you know, it's it, guys, if we're talking about real we have a long time you know as i often say slow way is the fast way and mm. we're growing at an incredibly strong pace and what's yeah. nice is when especially the past few months they don't leave most of the time when they come they stay they fall in love with the ecosystem we have so many people who are here since the beginning in 2017 so if your churn rate is low you have high surrogacy and high virality you don't really need to market much that's just going to get it done naturally and you're going to see a hockey stick happen and then what you can do is dedicated campaigns and good product marketing and you get that all that comparative analysis done um we need to up our infographics game we need to up our explaining your content and there's also a lot of pedagogy like tutorials videos uh things there's a great um publication called quanta that makes these beautiful videos about deep scientific topics like they had this 14 minute video from quanta magazine on the riemann hypothesis one of the best explanations for non-mathematicians about it. So we actually reached out to them and said, hey, you know, who are the guys who make your videos? And so we're looking at this stuff like that to see if we can create a lot of really good explainer content that's highly viral and that we can get into the pipeline and launch. And that kind of stuff will come. You know, it'll come naturally and it'll be really beautiful. And uh, we're almost at a point where the vision is crystallizing. The other thing is there's going to be a huge, huge discussion about Cardano 2025. And uh, that is a marketing machine because that's basically the ICO replacement. The way that we're doing Cardano 2025 is something called a DCF. And basically the idea is you get a bunch of companies together. You have this beautiful set of goals and vision and management structure. And you say, hey, community, this is how much we need to go and get it done. And then they vote on it. And it comes out of the treasury system. So if that happens, then people realize this is the new way of funding open source infrastructure development which means I can go talk to the Linux people. I can go talk to any of these open source projects, talk about how this is an alternative when you have this, this uh, model. And it's going to create a lot of imitation in space. Everybody will be like, when, when we did the Ethereum ICO, they were like, ICO, ICO, ICO. We got into ICO mania. If the Cardano DCF is successful, it'll be DCF, DCF, DCS. And everybody will be doing that. So that's a huge marketing artifact as well. So I, I don't worry about it all. You know, I... I have access to all the people I need to have access to. We can talk to millions of people if we want to talk to millions of people. There's a bit of timing, strategy, and pacing that has to be done to yeah. make that sustainable. Yeah. Well, to close out the podcast, let's uh, let's talk birds, avian stuff. Uh, I've been seeing everybody kind of go down these rabbit holes. You know, you, you really send them down, and it's like it's like how people end up becoming a flat earther. You know, they see a couple things wrong or a couple things that were hidden that they saw before, and now they're going deep. 
Now they're saying Elon Musk put a hard fork because of the Mary hard fork. They're talking about Twitter. They're, they're saying a bunch of stuff, Charles. What can you tell us uh, about the birds? Honestly, do you do you think Twitter is going to partner with me with the other? Yeah, you don't. You're not even verified. Yeah, or Elon like Musk Jack, too. Jack Dorsey follows me. We've PM'd each other over Twitter. I was like, come on, man. You know who I am. Um, you know, this is this is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> don't even. Yeah, I don't even start with Twitter. I love Twitter. I hate Twitter. It's, I have a weird relationship with Twitter. Um, so, uh, you know, it's either going to be late this month or early next month. It's just whatever those birds land. But I, I have a high degree of confidence that late this month, early this month, we'll be able to announce a few very good things for the community that I think people objectively will be quite happy about. But, you, you know, uh, these things are proud about because they're long in the making and we've been working at them for so long. And I, I'm just proud that we got it done. You know, it's, it's one thing to have and another thing is like bird or no bird, like look at how far, how much Cardano has evolved in the month of February, just mm-hmm. alone. You know, so it's like, come on guys. Uh, but you know, I don't care too much about the price. In fact, I often make videos saying don't, it's a red herring. Don't think about it. It's nice when you reach certain milestones, like a dollar. Yeah. I had that Robocop video waiting for four years. The, I, I, I'd buy that for a dollar. I had that waiting for four years. I was like, I, when it hits a dollar, I'm going to play yeah. this video. It's going to be, it's going to be a moment. I'm going to enjoy this moment. God damn it. Yeah. For the Don't past take year, this from me, pay. For the past year, that's what I've been saying. Everyone always asks me about price. So like, I'm not giving a price prediction. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. And then finally for a dollar, I was like, all right, all right, I'll give yeah, you guys yeah, a yeah, price you, prediction. Yeah, exactly. You got to celebrate that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's something, you know, the, because also it means the security level is ridiculous. You have to have $17 billion to attack Cardano. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like obscene and catalyst amounts of money. too, and catalyst, yeah. you know, because it's it's in ADA. So as the value of ADA goes up, there's more funds to fund proposals. Yeah, know, over so. 250 million dollars, and so that 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 is a milestone for the ecosystem, and also it's a psychological target, which makes it in these markets difficult for it to fall below that. So it has a lot of resistance around that price point. It go up and down, but I, I feel confident that that security is a bit more durable, and people take you more seriously. You get more attention, which you can then leverage for partnerships and for migrations and other such things and so it is a validator from that respect i'll give them that but i tend not to look at it and i say if that's the reason you're here you know there are other projects like tron that that's what they do for you go go play with those guys but you know the the thing about birds are like one of the birds was the fund for town hall where it was a million dollars we have all these community challenges the voting is now in part of the voting process now in the daedalus mainnet client that to me was a massive milestone because what we're going to see is real stuff get funded that's going to have a huge long-term impact to Cardano. And every six to eight weeks from here on out, that's the reality we live in. No other cryptocurrency can say that with a straight yeah. face. And we've achieved that. In the, and to have that take flight this month was so meaningful for me. And it was totally missed by a lot of people. They're like, oh, who, the catalyst is already out. Who cares? I'm like, no, no, no. no. We've been working for a year to get to that particular mm-hmm. milestone, and there's 10,000 people participating. This is a big deal, guys. The live stream alone had 3,000 people concurrently watching, just excited, fired up. And what's the collective value of that labor? What's the collective intelligence of 10,000 people that are talking and debating and working with each other? It's so incredible to see something like that. So, yeah, you know, liquidity is coming, and there's lots of cool conversations about that. Uh, and, you know, where and when that comes, it comes. And then, yeah, there are a lot of Africa deals that are in flight that I hope land soon. Uh, and I think we're imminent for one to be announced that is very significant. It's in the millions of people. And I, my hope is this month or early next month, we can announce that. And, I, uh, and I've also gotten to a point where we're talking to media about an exclusive uh, for that. So we'll save it for that. Uh, but overall, you know, but overall, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where uh, people have to learn how to enjoy the moments and people mm-hmm. have to know that we have always been the methodical project. We don't cut corners. We do things the right way. We get very excited when we make major milestones, like, you know, a dollar eight is a great psychological and marketing milestone. Uh, and you know, there's great to announce relationships, but that's not the purpose of the project. Purpose of the project is to be here 10 years from now, 20 years from now, change the world, these types mm-hmm. of things. And the things we do today are small but meaningful steps in that particular direction. And yeah. every now and then we get to take a break and reflect. And hopefully that's a bird and it lands. And Catalyst was definitely one. And there's a few more coming. And we'll see when they land. Uh, but 
it doesn't stop the journey or disrupt it in any mm -hmm. way. You keep it going. Yeah, and it's a little bit of both because you also, we, we all get excited, you know? Like, I, I've really been enjoying the moment lately like because this has just been so long coming, and I'm really enjoying the moment. But when you mention birds, it's not like, oh, the pr I want the price to increase. You know, I want to make a bunch of money. It's just, it gets us excited, you know what I mean? Right. But, but there is a lot, I know what you mean, of, oh, well, this just happened. We just hit a dollar. Well, what's coming next? What's going to be the next thing that increases the price? You know? Right. Right. And also people tend to do these types of pipe trains to manipulate price and these types of things. And if you play that game, you always lose. Yeah. You know, people forget that I've been on this journey with my community now since 2017, some cases since 2015. It just depends on the community member. I, and we've gone through hell. We've been brutally criticized, censored from cryptocurrency Reddit, Cointelegraph managing out editor publicly admitted that uh, they're giving us not, not giving us a fair shake because he has some grievance. I guess I apparently yelled at one of their journalists two years ago in an incident that no one can remember, but uh, that's, that's well more than a reason to censor an entire cryptocurrency and an entire community. Um, you know, we were treated like shit for a long time by Coindesk until they fired the managing editor. The new guy came in and gave us a fair shake. It's been horrible for a lot of people. They go and tell people, hey, I, I have ADA or I'm part of the Cardano ecosystem. They say, you're an idiot. You're, you're part of a scam. These people are bad actors. It's uh, this and that and that. So much name calling. And so now, now that we're successful, apparently we're not allowed to be happy that we're successful. We're not allowed to celebrate. We're not allowed to have joy of all the progress and the great news coming out. And we're not allowed to, to really get excited about the future. No, 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 that's hype. We're just here to like fool and confuse people. Meanwhile, we're making videos saying the price doesn't matter. Don't focus on that. And if that's what you care about, do something else. And we never get price predictions or any of these other things. It's a bizarre thing, the standards that this, uh, this space has and the people that people say. You know, they used to say we're just a wallet. They, that's no longer Vogue. So now they're saying ghost chain or phantom chain. Never mind that we transacted uh, almost as much economic value as I think Bitcoin did, you know, a few days ago. So, okay, we're transacting billions, tens of billions of dollars of value every day, and we have all these transactions and only a $4,000 in transaction fees, $2.5 million in transaction fees for Ethereum when you compare apples to apples. But we're not allowed, but we're a ghost chain. And they say, oh, how many gaps do you have on your chain? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know, just fuck you. You know, you hear these types of things, and, and they know exactly the, how brutally unfair a question is. Like, yeah, sure, I could have easily fork the ethereum virtual machine guys we built a full ethereum client 2016 with with uh, ethereum classic we were the first team in the world to formalize the ethereum virtual machine if we wanted to have smart contracts we could have had them in 2017 it wasn't it wasn't even a concern we wanted to do it right we wanted to have a model so that when you write your smart contracts uh 10 years from now that model's prominent it still works it's still there we don't have to fuck with it every hard fork and then promise we're going to do it right 10 years from now with Cardano 2, like, uh, like what Vitalik is inflicting upon the space. It, it was irresponsible and immature, and, and the people who ultimately lose for that are the developers and the ecosystem. So he said, well, let's do this the right way, even though we knew it would take us a few years to get it done properly. And, you know, if you doubt me, Haskell was created in 1985. It's still here. The PL guys we have have been writing programming languages and worked on almost every mainstream programming language for the last 30 fucking years. We have formal semantics. You can run Plutus code. So it's there. It exists. It's not a, a, you know, like a white paper or something like that. These are proven track records of people been doing this for since before I was born or before you were born. So don't don't go ahead and just you know spray this verbal diarrhea about when smart contracts or you're just mm -hmm. a ghost chain or you don't have these things. And so we get this criticism every day. And so that's why we celebrate. That's why we take the good moments in because we're finally starting to see the traction, the success, the philosophical agreement. And there's a collective sigh of relief that it's inevitable. Yeah. Instead of just just maybe or perhaps or hypothetical, there's an inevitability behind this ecosystem's prominence and its ability to achieve its goals. And I love that. It's the, it's the privilege of a lifetime to start from nothing with nobody and no money, write damn near 100 fucking papers, a million lines of code, bootstrap a million person ecosystem, and create some inevitability that we're going to go and change the goddamn world. And of course, I'm going to smile uh, when that happens. And of course, I'm going to tweet and be excited about it. And when major things start closing, say there's some birds coming to land 
Yeah, it'll happen in February. And if they don't, it'll happen in March. It'll get done. Mm-hmm. Come on now. This is Cardano. We always get it done. We always take you home. It's a beautiful way to end it. Thank you, Mr. Anyway. Hoskinson, for coming on. Yeah, Peyton, this was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was good seeing you down in Florida. And I, uh, I'll come back after Gogan launches, and we can talk about our favorite dApps, and hopefully that consumes the entire show in one long monologue. Yes, just all Gogan. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> all Gogan. All Gogan. All right. Cheers. Cheers, man. See you. I love that. That was fucking awesome. You guys had to like that. <laughs> that was incredible. Van Gortzel? And then Charles Hoskinson? Okay, guess who's coming on next week? Guess the Cardano Aura, we're here. It's happening. Guess who's coming on next week? Sebastian from Emergo. The man, the myth, the legend. If you guys love this, please comment down below. Say the man, the myth, the legend. Sebastian, he's coming on. Or Charles. Please click that like button, notification bell, all. Hearts beating. That speech at the end, whew, I love you guys. It's so cool that you guys give me the ability to wake up and do this every fucking day, man. It's, it's amazing. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of your week.